you in the house of the Lord and great to have guests with us today. I love this season of the year and uh, I am so thankful that you're here today. If you're a first-time visitor, please don't leave without giving us opportunity to formally welcome you and thank you for coming to be with us. Amen. What a great time of the year and good to have family, good to have my brother home today and uh, we'll be hearing from him in the uh, next few days hopefully. Uh, it's great to be with our church family and today is a great day. I certainly hope you will come tonight and enjoy our children. Uh, Sister Nora has been working diligently with them and I know the kids that she's working with. They're our kids. They're the kids that write stuff on that snow out there on the window. Those are the kids. You never know what might happen. So I want you to come and enjoy it, our children. I'm certainly uh, happy for what they've done. And I know they're going to be a little nervous, so let's make them feel comfortable. They're your kids. Smile at them. Don't look at them like they're... That you don't know who they are. I know sometimes you wish you could, but you know, tell them to walk on the other side of the street. But look at them, smile, wave at them, make them feel comfortable, and then we're going to have a great fellowship time. Instead of a banquet, we have chosen this year to have just a general Christmas uh, party get together. And the finger foods, I hope you understand that. We don't want anybody cutting their fingers off, bringing. We don't want that. We want snacks, small things that you can handle with your fingers and you don't have to have forks. All right? I think everybody knows that. And uh, if you're not playing the Dirty Santa game, you can still bring a dessert because I enjoy desserts. Amen. Amen. I ought to get a move of God out of that. Somebody here's a... It's a holiday season. It's a great time to be in the house of the Lord. I'm turning to the book of Matthew, chapter 2, going back to the age-old story. And I hope that the Lord will speak to you. I know He's spoken to me. I know that. I've already felt a confirmation early this morning in prayer with our men. God has a word for somebody here today. Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 2 simply reads, The wise men speaking, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, his star in the east, and are come to worship him. If I had a title this morning, I would simply call it Stars of Hope. And I pray that God will light one in your life this morning. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you've been around Greater Life Church for any length of time, you know how much I love this season of the year. My wife, uh, my daughter-in-law, they started decorating the week after Halloween. We've had a Christmas tree up in our house since, well, I don't want to tell you how long it's been. I do know that there was one that had a Christmas tree up all year, but I won't talk about that. 
I won't go there. But anyway, it's a great time, a wonderful season, and so many beautiful sights and sounds, the, the lights and the music and uh, all of that. It is such a festive season, and it ought to be. It ought to be a time that puts a smile on our face, and uh, even amid all the, the hustle and all of the hurriedness of the life that we live, there ought to be a song that rings clear that Emmanuel has come. God has come, and he is with us. Praise God. I know that we live in a very cynical world, and much of the Christmas message has been lost. The true meaning of the season has been forgotten and for a lot of people, it is simply a business opportunity. Uh, for others, it is just a hectic time of life. And for some, it is even a very sad and disappointing time. For many, it's just another reason to party. But I'm thankful this morning that I know the reason for this season. Amen. I am thankful that I know the reason for this season. Amen. While they were singing a while ago, I was so powerfully moved by that song, Brother Joey. Holiness, righteousness, faithfulness. That's what God wants out of us. And I thought about the progressiveness that when you seek holiness and you seek God's spirit, the next thing that comes into your life is righteousness or a rightness, actions, attitude, spirit. And out of that comes faithfulness. You can't have faithfulness without holiness. You can't have righteousness without holiness. And holiness is that desire to be like Him. And it all has to do with the heart and the mind and the will. And if there was ever a message that we need to hear this Christmas, Lord, transform my mind. Lord, change my heart. God, touch and conform my will to your will because ultimately I want to be called true and faithful. Ultimately, I want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and servant. Praise God. And you're not ever going to get to the faithfulness if you don't first seek his holiness. Amen. Now, that's not part of my message. I'm not going to charge you anything for that. I just wanted to put that in. Amen. Such a wonderful season. And uh, amid all of the chaos and confusion that's lost to a lot of people, I'm thankful that I know. So much of what we see, I realize, is a farce. Much of Christmas has been lost in commercialization and Santa has more billing than Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus could be missing from the manger scene and nobody would notice. But if Santa were to not show up for his time, parents would throw a hissy fit. And so it is. We mix the fantasy and the reality and it gets so jumbled up that people really don't know what the season is about. And so many times... We want things that we don't need and we get things that we don't want. You got to be careful what you ask for this time of the year. There was a middle-aged woman that she decided on this Christmas season that she was not going to give her husband a list of things that she wanted for Christmas, but she was simply going to post 
on the refrigerator a suggestion. And the suggestion was that she wanted something simple, something that would make me look sexy and beautiful. And so when Christmas came, she hurriedly got her package and hoping to unwrap maybe a beautiful fancy lingerie or something of that nature, she found there was an exercise bike under the Christmas tree. Now let me dissect that. Brother Hugh, but the doctor's in the house. Let me dissect that for you ladies. First of all, posting any message on a refrigerator is not where it begins. When a man goes to the refrigerator, the only thing he's got on his mind is something to drink or something to eat. We're not looking for messages at the refrigerator. Number two, suggestions just don't work with men. Why can't you just tell us what you want? What's wrong with that? I'm just picking on you ladies. Sometimes men are like that too. But you've got to be careful what you talk about and what you ask for. But amid all of that, there are so many wonderful messages to be found in the season of Christmas. It's sad that we have relegated this season to a particular time, and it is so unusual. You never hear a message during the summertime about Christmas, but there are so many wonderful and powerful truths that are found within the message of Christmas, the birth of Christ, and all that transformed. I began to look over Scripture at many of the things that happened, and I read the story again to try to put in my mind the events and how all of the things transpired. And what I come away from it was I found stars of hope. I saw in the Christmas message a bright light that was shining my way. It was giving direction to me. It was helping me to navigate through life. And I discovered again the wonderful light of God's Word. And I discovered that as it was in the story of Christmas, one word, one spoken word can change your life forever. Just one word. Just a visitation. Mary, thou art highly favored. And Mary's world turned in a complete different direction. Here was a simple girl awaiting her marriage to Joseph. And all of a sudden her life is interrupted with a word from the Lord. Oh God, that somebody here this morning could have that kind of encounter. That although life may seem ordinary and humdrum and you may be going through the routine and perhaps you think you will never get out of the situation you're in, that God could step into your life and into your world and with one word, with one statement, with one confirmation, completely Turn your life around. That is the power of the Word of God. Just a word is all we need sometimes. It was just a word, but it was enough. The word was, be healed, and he was healed. The simple word was, go and see. And the man went and he saw. The simple words were, Lazarus, 
come forth. And those words transformed a graveyard into a church celebration time because of the power of His Word. It was just the simple words, rise and walk. And a man rose and walked. Oh, listen to me this morning, church family. Never underestimate the power of the Word of God. And never underestimate the fact that that Word can come to you at the most unexpected time. And it can change everything. It can transform everything. Whatever's going wrong in your life can be made right. Whatever is not working, God can make it work because that word is powerful. And it was just a word, but a word that forever changed a woman's life. A word that forever transformed her and put her into another dimension of life. Oh, that we could hear that kind of word today. That somewhere in the preaching of this message, a word would come to you. A word would come out of me and register in your mind and your spirit and that word would quicken life and make you realize hey God is with me God is in this situation this morning God knows what I'm going through and God has an answer for my problems and my dilemma just a word everybody say just a word it was a word that transformed Even when Mary said, how shall this be? God had an answer. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. The power of the Most High is going to come upon you. And you are going to conceive a child. Though you have never known a man, the miracle of that moment happened because of a word. Hallelujah. Praise God. How can it be? The Holy Ghost is going to make it happen. Praise God. When I look around this church and look at all that we have done through the years, it's not fancy. And it certainly isn't as good as perhaps some others might have done. But when I realized the resources that we had and where we came from and what we started with, I realized that the only reason we're here today is because of the Holy Ghost. God said, I want there to be a church there. God said, I want there to be a apostolic church there. God said, I want there to be a miracle in that place. I remember driving down. It was a two-lane highway when my wife and I drove down it. There were ditches on both sides. Many of you remember back then. We were living in Heritage Park, and we were on a three-day prayer and fast chain with many other churches. And we had gotten through. It was Wednesday. We were headed to church to conclude our third day of prayer and fasting. And when we drove by this lot... My wife said, hey, there's a sign. You need to call about that. And my response to my sweet wife was, honey, I've already checked on that. It's too high. We can't afford it. And she kept insisting. Evidently, God spoke a word that moment. And so I got on the phone and I called the woman. The realtor said, you know what? Uh, It's kind of unique that you call. Because I told the people that owned it the only way that I would put a sign up 
is if they would reduce their asking price. And I said, well, what is their asking price? And it was still more than we could afford. And I said, well, will they entertain an offer? And she said, go ahead and make an offer. So we made an offer, $100,000 for five acres here on this highway right now. That's what we offered. And the woman come back and said, no, they'll take 150. I said, no, 125. And she said, it's sold. That's a God moment. That's when God speaks in everything. We had come to the end of a five-year lease in a building. We didn't have anywhere else to go. But God knows when to step into your life and when to come with that word. And if you'll reach out and take hold of it and say, you know what? I believe that. I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to claim that word. And today we sit in a miracle and it's all because of the Holy Ghost. It's because of the power of God's Spirit working in our lives. Praise God. Praise God. I love God's surprises. Amen. I could have ignored my wife like I have done many other times. Now don't you men look at me so smug and act like you've never done that. But I didn't. Something connected. And I made that call. And here we are today. That's what I'm talking about. A word can change everything. And it can come sometimes from the most unlikely source. And I'm not disregarding my wife. I'm just saying, you know, you're thinking God's going to speak to you. And sometimes God sends a messenger into your life like a preacher or a preacher's wife or a friend or a neighbor. And they speak that word. And all you've got to do is just reach out and take hold of it and say, you know what? I believe God's talking to me this morning. I believe God's interested in what I'm going through. God knows what I'm dealing with. And a word, just one word can change your situation and turn everything thing around and put you on a brand new path. Nowhere in my mind when I sat down at a restaurant one night, all I had was a napkin and I drew out the design of this building and I said, James, can you draw this? He said, I can draw it. And the next thing you do is give it to a builder and he puts a construction part to it and here we are today. It wasn't something that a man did. It was something that God inspired. It was something that God said this is where I want you to be and I am going to make a way for you to be there I'm going to provide for you do you realize this morning church that God has some places he wants you to be and he will open doors when they need to be opened we had looked at property on the back side of the tracks we had gone everywhere in League City. We had even I looked at one piece of property that had waterfront property, but half of it was in a floodplain and you, you know, all of those things that I'm thinking of all the places. We even got so desperate that we I don't know how many of you re- look at it, but you know where the barkyard is down here beside Burlington Coat Factory area? There's a building in the back of that. We actually went in there and made a deal to to rent that facility, and I'm thinking, God of all the places we could have wound up on the back side of the tracks where nobody could find us, God said, oh no, I'm going to put you where some nobody can miss you. I don't want people to have a hard time finding you. This wasn't a huge thing. This wasn't something that a board got together and orchestrated. This was God saying, this is what I want. This is how it's going to work. And I am going to make a way. 
Somebody needs to hear me this morning that God can change everything in your life by just a word. Just speaking that word and everything changed. What amazes me about this Christmas story, that star of hope is one. But another star that I saw brightly shining is that a baby moved in a mother's womb at the sound of someone speaking into her life. Elizabeth, Mary was the aunt of of, of Mary and before Mary had been visited, God had visited Elizabeth and God said, I'm going to give you a child and that child is going to be special and he's going to be anointed and he's going to be a forerunner. And God gave her that promise. And the Bible says that when God spoke to Mary that she was going to have a child, she then went and visited Elizabeth. And when she came in and she spoke to Elizabeth, the Bible said that the babe moved within her womb. There are many scholars that believe that that baby up until that moment had not was 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 lifeless almost the the indication from scripture is that something might have been wrong in that baby or in that body but when mary spoke a word to elizabeth that babe leaped i'm telling you that there's power in a word sometime that can bring new life where there's been deadness or there's power in a word that when something is still and motionless it can cause life to stir in us And that's what I have prayed for this morning. That you would hear more than just a loud mouth preacher. But a word would come into your heart. And something would stir. Something would move in you and say, you know what? That's my word. God speaking to me. God has something for me. And God is going to do something in my life. Praise God. Sometimes a word can stir something in us that has been dormant. For a long time, just a word. And when Mary spoke, the babe leaped. I don't know. I really don't. All I know is that when she spoke, the baby moved. One of the bright stars of Christmas is the fact that God sent angels. But more than that, God sent Gabriel. God sent a messenger. And I love it. In two verses... That are almost, that are no more than five or six verses apart in the book of Luke. The Bible references the fact that Gabriel was sent to them. He was sent to Elizabeth. He was sent to Mary. He didn't just show up. He didn't just happen to be in the neighborhood. He didn't just happen to wander by. He didn't even just happen to come to Mary. He was sent. To Mary. Now the word sent indicates a purpose. It indicates an aim. It indicates that something is working. And God is moving. And what God wanted them to know is, I'm not here by accident. I'm not here by some quirk of nature. But I am here on a mission. 
Do you understand this preacher this morning uh, when I tell you that there are times that God will send somebody into your life? He will send a messenger. He will bring purpose and He will bring meaning and He will bring direction. And where you've been aimless and wondering and not knowing what to do, God will send an angel. God will send a messenger to speak into your life. The angel was sent. The very name angel means one who bears a message. Not merely an angel that comes, but an angel that is sent. A mission, a design, a purpose. We are not part of an experiment this morning. We are not part of an accident this morning. We are not part of a hopeful situation this morning. We are part of a purpose. We are part of a plan. God said, Gabriel, go tell Elizabeth. Gabriel, go tell Mary. And Gabriel was sent. He was a minister of good things. He was a minister of a plan and a purpose. Some of us need to realize this morning that we are not just aimlessly drifting through life, but we are part of a plan and a purpose, and God has sent us as well. Amen. Sent. He sent the angels. Praise God. There are two types of preachers. Those who preach because they have, they must say something, and those who speak because They have something they must say. And I speak to you as one that must say something. God is about to send a messenger into your life. God is about to send a word to you. God has angels and beings and ways and means to get to where you are. I don't care where you live. God can get your attention. He could speak to wise men from afar and shepherds that were near and bring them all to the same thing, that baby Jesus. Hallelujah. God sent me this morning to tell somebody here this morning that you are part of a plan. Hallelujah. I am part of a mission. I am part of a purpose. I'm not an accident. I'm not a quirk of nature. I am part of God's divine plan. I'm closing with these words. The wise men. The wise men that we read about in Luke or in Matthew chapter 2. The Bible said that they were led by a star. The story of the wise men is one of the most amazing of all the stories. For God provided a travel guide for seekers from a long way off. And it was His star. It led not to a general place, but to a specific place. Directly to Jesus. The Bible said they followed it to Jerusalem. And they inquired. Couldn't find Him there. And they went on, and the Bible said they followed it, and they went to where it stood, or it was over the baby. It was where he was. That's how direct God is in his leadership. That's how specific God is in his plan. 
He doesn't just say, go do this. He said, go do it this way. Go do it in this spirit. Go do it with these means. God had a divine plan. And that star led not to a general place, but directly to him. I am so glad this morning that God is still a God who gives direction. Amen. I am so thankful that when we even get confused and lost and off track, and we're inquiring of others what we ought to do. There's still a star that's brightly shining saying, if you'll just follow me, I'll take you where you need to go. There's a light that's still shining. There's a voice that's still speaking saying, follow me. And they followed that star. Oh, thank you, God, that you still give direction. What impressed me about the story of the wise men is that they came from afar. They were not close to Bethlehem. Most historians say that they were on a two-year journey before they actually got to the place where Jesus was. They traveled so far to find that infant Jesus. A child in the midst was missed by so many. Herod didn't know he was there. The wise men of Jerusalem didn't know he was there. Most of Bethlehem didn't know he was there. But somebody, somebody was wise enough. Somebody was hungry enough to follow God's direction. And they found the gift of all gifts. The wise men were the first to appreciate the coming of Christ. How easy it is in life to miss what is so near us. What is so close? Those who are very near us sometimes are taken for granted the most. The gifts that we have with us always are the ones that we do so little with. And I pray that this Christmas season that something would be awakened in all of us. That spirit of the wise men that will seek Him. Lord, I want to know where You are. I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss your presence. I don't want to miss your purpose. How it is in life that we miss what is closest to us. What is nearest. And what ought to be dearest. Something wonderful could be going on right now. And you miss it. Because you're just not looking for it. Don't miss what is close this season. Don't get so caught up in the hectic pace of this season that you miss what is close to you. Your family, your children, your church family, people that care for you the most. Amen. Don't miss what is closest this season. There are a lot of unthankful people in, in life. Some of them perhaps even in this building today. And they're unthankful simply because they are missing what is near. They can't see what is next door to them. They can't see what is in their stable. And it took wise men from a long way off to bring a message clear to us. 
Don't miss what's close to you. Don't miss what's within your reach. Don't miss what God has prepared for you. There are a lot of unhappy people. I deal with them a lot. Unhappy people. Unhappy with their job. Unhappy with their marriage. Unhappy with this. Unhappy with that. And when I get to looking at their life and analyzing their life, I'm thinking, what am I missing about this story? What, what, what am I not seeing about this? What, what is it <clears throat> that they're saying that's not registering with my mind and my spirit? Because what I see is a blessed life. What I see is somebody that's been transformed by the power. If you had seen me before I knew him. You would understand what I'm talking about. But here I am today. I'm blessed. I have things I don't deserve. I have more than I really need. <laughs> more than I need. And that which is closest that ought to mean the most to us is lost. Because like the innkeeper, we don't have room for it. We can't make room for it. Or like Herod, too busy with our own plans. Too into our own self. You know, that's the problem with the world right now. The spirit of Herod. All Herod was worried about was his throne. That's all he was worried about. His throne. And challenges to his throne. We don't like anything that challenges our dominion. That's all he was worried about. And in his very neighborhood was Christ the Lord. Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. Was right there. And he missed it. Don't miss what's close this year. Don't overlook what you've been given and blessed with. Don't take any of it for granted. Because it can all change in a moment. We know that. Most of us have healthy bodies, but you could go home this afternoon and something happened here. Everything changed. You could go home this afternoon and lay down. Something happened in the head, a stroke. Life changed. You could drive out of the parking lot, have a collision, and be taken away into a world. What I'm trying to say is, don't miss what's close to you. Don't miss what is near you this morning. And if I could do anything today, I would pray that I could awaken you to what you have. And if you would be thankful for what you have, God will make a way for what you don't have. Amen. Wise men came from a long way and found Him. Oh God, help us to see. Help us to see what we have. If we don't get what we want for Christmas, if we don't get 
that list that we put on the refrigerator. It doesn't matter. Look at what we do have. Look at what God has given us. Brother J.D., it's been a long journey. First convert, first man to ever receive the Holy Ghost when we first came here in our church on Easter Sunday morning. Life was a lot different back then, Brother J.D. And it may not be perfect today, but I can tell you this, a whole lot better than it was. God help us to realize what we have near us. What blessings are within our reach. You know what? Some of you could be happy just like that if you could change your thinking. But you got it in your mind. You've been cheated. You've been lied on. You've been hurt. Something's been taken away from you. You know what I've learned about God and living for God? God never takes anything from my life that I need. He never takes anything that I need. He takes a lot of things that I don't need, but He never takes anything that I need. So if He took it away, say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But thank God for what remains. I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to think about all... I want you to pray, first of all, that God would truly transform your mind, what we sang about earlier. That God would touch your mind and your thinking. I'm tired of bitterness. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of... I, I want to... I'm tired of looking for change in somebody else, Lord. I... I realize that change begins here with me, and I want you to touch my mind this morning. I don't want to miss. I don't want to be like a Herod. I don't want to be like an innkeeper. I don't want to be like the majority of Bethlehem that slept through the night while the Christ child was being born. I want to come and worship. I want to come and bow before you. I want to come and acknowledge you who you are, and what you mean to my life. Transform my mind this morning. Help me, God, to get control of my thinking. My thinking. My thinking affects my attitude. It affects my spirit. It affects my words. It affects how I treat other people. It affects how I even treat myself. God, touch my mind. My mind needs a transformation. In the name of Jesus, right now, would you touch the minds of people in this building right now? Oh, God. Oh, God.